who knows? Maybe Nick Chubb actually knows fantasy football. I mean, this this could be a situation here. You know, a lot of people are going to say, Johnny, why are you so high on the Bears offense? Are you <laughs> are you listening to Adam Rank too much? Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, June 3rd, and you're listening to episode 102 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com, where we have articles and our latest episodes, as well as a bunch of fresh swag. And if you want to support our show, you can sign up as a patron of the Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. As civil unrest grips our nation in the wake of the tragic murder of George Floyd by the hands of Minneapolis police, let us take a moment from this show and definitively state that Black Lives Matter. And look, we know that saying this as three white people is the least we can do, but it really has to be said. And especially as consumers of the NFL, whose surveys reveal that the league is made up of nearly 70% Black athletes, we truly cannot sit silently by this moment. We have to recognize our place in this and do better. We are learning and growing and committed to anti-racist behavior. And we want to get on with football as much as the next person. But Kaepernick took a, a knee for this years ago, and it's time we all join. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a situation that, you know, kind of... Obviously, you're feeling helpless in this moment, um, you know, especially if if you are a person of non-color and, you know, like myself, I, I know that I've personally felt like, what can I do? And there's plenty of ways you can donate and, and and do all these things. But also, like, there's a way for you to just use your voice as a white person to talk to other white people, to talk to people that may be misguided or, or, or not see everything on this, Johnny. And so for me, um, I you know, Chelsea, thank you so much for for saying that there. Um I just, you know, like we said on our social media posts yesterday, you know, sports remind us of that team atmosphere and they remind us that, you know, we're all human beings here. We're all part of a, a greater, you know, whole, a, a, a large team. Um, and so I just hope that we're able to to come out of this darkness with, with uh, hand in hand and, and fight as a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. But let's get on to the football because we want to give people an escape from uh, their daily regimen, daily grind, and we want to uh, bring them some exciting stuff today, Travis. Uh, we've got six wide receivers that you're going to want to draft on your fantasy team. Last week, we gave you five running backs, gave you two bonus ones, too, if you listen to the podcast. Today, we're giving you six wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, we're going to give you six this week and six next week. We Whoa. we looked at these wide receivers and we were just like, man, there's so many of these value wide receivers. And it just proves that, like, if you take running back early, which we usually advise to do in a lot of your redraft leagues, you can be looking in your mid to late rounds for wide receivers that have a lot of value. On top of that, we're going to dive into some topics from Reddit. As always, if you're listening to the show, please go ahead and follow us on any of the podcast platforms or leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform would help us out in a big way. If you're watching the show right now on YouTube, go ahead and hit like and subscribe. Um, that helps us build this program, build this community, and keep bringing you that fresh fantasy football content. Johnny, let's jump into some of the topics we we picked out from Reddit this week. Uh, what, this first one kind of cracks me up because it, it's called a hype video, right? Yeah. And it's got Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen in it. And it's got the Chicago Bulls theme song in the background. But it's really just like the most minimal route running and like playing catch with your dad like yeah, pretty much it definitely just like it definitely is not a good uh hype video i was quite the opposite of hyped after watching the video in fact i didn't even want to talk about stefan diggs after <laughs> i watched the video yeah so it says uh it was posted by you uh slash soul king uh two days ago and it says first look at josh allen throwing to stefan diggs it's actually a tweet from ryan talbot uh ryan talbot from the buffalo bills uh or at least covers the Buffalo Bills. Anyways, it got me wondering, Johnny, what is 
Stephon Diggs actual fantasy uh, fantasy football impact on the Buffalo Bills? Do we see Diggs? You know, Diggs is kind of that guy that's always been close to the precipice of greatness. He, he has great route running, great explosion, um, you know, kind of reminds you in a lot of ways of, of Antonio Brown on the field, the way he can get down the field and kind of explode. But with a live arm and Josh Allen throwing him the football regularly, what, what are you what are you looking at for Stefan Diggs this year? So with Stefan Diggs going over to Buffalo, right? We we know that Buffalo needed a wide receiver, a, a wide receiver one. Listen, John Brown is a great wide receiver, uh, but he is more of a wide receiver two. He is not supposed to be the alpha dog. And so they go out, they pay up a lot of draft capital in order to get Stefan Diggs to come to Buffalo. Now they couldn't get quite the deal that the Arizona Cardinals got with DeAndre Hopkins, but it's okay. They still were able to get him in a Bills uniform. Now, but what is really, really interesting about Diggs, and when you dig into his his analytics and his game field, the the most of his plays are from the deep and short right routes uh, on on the field. Well, that just so happens to be an area where Josh Allen is actually one of the most improved at, or or the most consistent at. Uh, he is a very inconsistent quarterback. puts up a lot of value uh, at the quarterback position for fantasy football, but he's not the most consistent. Now, where it gets starts to get a little dicey for me, Travis, is where Josh Allen is at the deep ball. He only ranks 21st in the league at the deep ball, which is a problem. You're talking about Stefan Diggs, who the majority of his his balls last year came from Kirk Cousin and that deep ball was they were 15, 20 yard plays down the field. Now, you're not going to be getting that as much with with Josh Allen. One, because his his down the field accuracy is not nearly uh as, well actually this is what's kind of funny it's more uh, accurate than Kirk Cousins uh Josh mm-hmm. Allen is however you got to also think of who the different types of role players they have there in Buffalo and you know with John Brown there there is a lot of concern that he will get the the deeper passes the much much deeper passes and therefore it should limit Stefan Diggs uh, yeah, I mean, you even saw you even saw Cole Beasley do some work last year uh, in stints for for Josh Allen. I kind of think Diggs will wind up in the middle, not production wise, but in the middle of those play styles between yeah. Cole Beasley and John, um, John Brown. And you're going to see a guy in Diggs that can honestly be the guy that they can move all over the place and do big things. Listen, Allen has gotten better each year in in the NFL, and I think he's poised to get better again this year with a more complete running game that Buffalo's Bills Bills offensive line has been improved each year. I honestly think Diggs is a, is a decent decent stab here, um, but I, I just don't think that uh, I don't think that you're going to be he's not going to be on a ton of my rosters, but I think if you're playing in a lot of leagues, you should diversify and maybe grab him in a couple spots. Cause he I, does have blow up potential. I'm I, yeah. Blow up on certain weeks, but he's going to be a bust the majority of weeks. I am not touching Stefan Diggs with a 10 foot pole where his ADP is right now. It's just too much. There's going to be too much inconsistency. This is good for Josh Allen, but bad for Stefan Diggs. We also want to look at the fact that, Wide receivers, when they transfer over, generally Emmanuel Sanders was an exception. That does not happen often where wide receivers go to a new team and immediately have a monster. I think you're trying to piggyback being traded in the middle of the season. Emmanuel Sanders was, yeah, you're definitely trying to grab players that are are traded in the middle of the season. This is an offseason. He's going to get the full workout just like anybody else. Wait, but we have have COVID right now, so he's not getting the full, full workout that normally everyone else does. And you have to understand that even with John Brown, like he was inconsistent. He wasn't a consistent wide receiver. And Stefan Diggs is more talented than John Brown. Period. Uh, we, Period. Uh, he is. Uh, he is. I'm just saying, All right. be careful. I mean, look, listen, uh, that's that's why we do this. We want to we give Whisper Nation both takes here. I think Diggs is worth a stab in, in a lot of leagues. Johnny does not. Um, and we'll. Uh, I think we'll somebody's see. playing style is really. It looks like somebody's playing style is really going to have to change here. I think that's kind of what it comes mm-hmm. down to. And I wouldn't be, I'm with Johnny on the not willing to take a risk on like banking that it's going to work in Stefan Dick's favor, especially this first year. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's definitely data that proves that like second year guys in any kind of, whether it's the offensive coordinator, the wide receiver, the quarterback, usually it takes two years to get going here. 
And that's fine. Uh, I just think that there's a real opportunity here for the Bills to take a step forward on offense. And I think Diggs could be a real reason for that and a focal point. So moving on, though, we want to talk about another offense in the AFC, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, a lot of additions as far as through the draft, um, some some shakiness as far as Leonard Fournette's concerned, and then they, of course, bring in Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator here. Johnny, looking at all the weapons and looking at Gardner Minshew, who seems to have the support of the franchise now as they did not draft a, a quarterback or at least not one with high capital, um, what is the outlook for the Jaguars' offense in 2020? There are definitely some nice pieces that I would definitely highly cons- consider drafting uh, come this you know August and September. Now, some people aren't as high on those, and because of that reason, because a lot of people aren't on the Jags uh, bandwagon, a lot of people aren't talking about Gardner Minshew. Because of those reasons, these players are becoming more of a value in my eyes uh, well, I'll start off with DJ Chark here. Really popped off last year. Really came on in the scene. Was it was his second year? Uh, you know, Travis just alluded to the second year wide receivers. You know, we start seeing a, a major shift, uh, and that's what we saw with DJ Chark. Now, here's what the thing is, and the the whole issue with DJ Chark is he only did it for one year, and so similar to a lot of these guys, uh, you know, on on today's show that we'll talk about a little bit later um you'll see a trend of value that comes with these guys that hey they popped off they showed us that they have it they showed us that they could produce uh but they didn't do it long enough to gain the full trust of of you know the fantasy football community as a whole and so for that reason they are tending to fall in drafts and and you need to take advantage of that especially dj chark he is being significantly undervalued for for the um what he brings to that offense what they're saying what the coaching staff is saying about dj chark and what they plan to use him how they plan to use him so you like that um and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I mean listen. that that was the whole reason we brought this topic up, right? Offensive coordinator Jay Gruden said Tuesday that he believes the Jaguars could do a little bit more with DJ Shark this season, including using him out of the slot more often. And John, I think to your point, that is good for him because it's, essentially he's not the highest in snap share for a number one wide receiver. He's number thirty three in the league as far as snap share is concerned. Yeah, he was also number twenty eight in target share at only twenty one point eight percent target share. That's 28th best in the NFL. Not great numbers out of a number one wide receiver that you'd like to see. But remember, this team used the heck out of Leonard Fournette last year, and they pounded the rock. They might be opening this thing up if Jay Gruden's coming to town, right? So what about Leonard Fournette, Johnny? What about LaVisca Chenault? So, um, well, one more thing I want to touch on the DJ Shark because you brought up a great point, the slot, right? Because DJ Shark only played in the slot 20% of the time. Uh, but when he when he played in the slot, he got 20 targets. He caught four touchdowns out of those 20 targets. So you don't think that they'll try to move that. Jay Gruen's going to see that and move him over. Great. Um, Leonard Fournette is going to be a guy that you're going to hear a lot of talk about. Leonard Fournette, don't draft him. A lot of, and I've already started to hear it. People saying, don't draft Leonard Fournette. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Listen, if you're going to try to take Leonard Fournette in the first round, don't do that. But he's going late in the second, sometimes in the third round, and I think that's absolutely insane. You're going to grab it. Listen, yes, the passing volume, they brought in Chris Thompson, uh, and and the passing volume is not going to necessarily be there as much as last year. But he's still going to get that volume, and not only that, he only had two touchdowns all last year. There's no way he's only getting two touchdowns on 250 carries. It's impossible. Well, 265 265 carries last year, Johnny. That could come down to 250, 240 range, but you're still happy with that. Two touchdowns. Still ended up the RB13, so just outside that RB1 range. With only two touchdowns. Right, exactly. And I think that's the point there is that Fournette's probably getting sleeped on because he he burned a lot of people last year. So I think, yeah, you know, temper your expectations as far as like a top-end RB1 like we thought he would be when he was drafted by the Jaguars. But, like, let's talk about what he can be in this offense, especially if Jay Gruden can bring it to the next level. They bring in a guy like LaVisca Chenault. We talked about him before on our rookie episode. This is a guy they can use all over the place as a big-time weapon. They still have some wide receivers in that wide receiver room that can put up some, you know, D.D. Westbrook. You talk about some other guys that can help them out. So, Johnny, what's your take on LaVisca Chenault? Is he going to be usable in redraft leagues this year? 
Um, I'm probably staying away from this year uh, for redraft leagues. I, I do think that he'll have some value. Uh, yeah, I think he'll have games for sure. Uh, he's he's just too talented. I mean, this guy's player player profile comp is A.J. Brown. So, come on. no I, To sit here and say that, yeah, he wouldn't have any fantasy impact at all is, would be, you know, uh, a little ignorant on my part as a, a fantasy analyst uh, person. So, uh, but, uh, so, you definitely... There is, there is going to have – he's going to have value. I mean, even D.D. Westbrook had value last year as well with D.J. Chark blowing up. My, It yeah. might just be too inconsistent for this year one, but listen, Chenault, I really like him. And listen, the Jags are, are a really good team uh, that is, is building something for the future. Uh, if they can get these pieces clicking, if if Gardner Minshew can really get it going, then, then we could be looking at a really nice little offense here where, with some with some nice gems. Yeah, I think uh, I'm really excited, honestly, about this offense. And I think mostly I'm excited about, obviously, Chenault long-term, but I'm actually mostly excited about Minshew here. And I think people are are honestly sleeping on Minshew, not just because he wears jean shorts and, and full denim outfits or he's got a mustache that slays every day, <laughs> but I think... I think that Minshew's actually got some tangible, like play action completion percentage last year was 71.6. His deep ball completion percentage was 45.1%. And you're talking about bringing in Jay Gruden. Johnny, let's talk about Jay Gruden for a second. He was the Bengals offensive coordinator from 2011 to 2013. And we saw Andy Dalton finish as the QB 15, the QB 12, and the QB number five during that time. So Minshew's got a chance to really explode here. But, like, let's go even further in. I mean, if we're talking about Kirk Cousins, we forget Jay Gruden was the head coach for a lot of Kirk Cousins years leading up when they franchise tagged him before he got that payday in Minnesota. Honestly, he's probably sending Jay Gruden some checks on the side here because Jay Gruden got Kirk Cousins paid. You look at 2014 through 2019, Cousins finished as QB8, QB5, and QB6 in fantasy football. These are huge numbers, Johnny, and it bodes really, really well for Gardner Minshew. And we talked a little bit about above with Buffalo and how it may take some time for them to get there, especially you're going to need Chenault to kind of, uh, you know, develop. You're going to need DJ Shark to, you know, continue to, to be good. But I really think there's some good things pointing here for Gardner Minshew. And 2020, it could, I would not be surprised if Minshew finishes, you know, top eight at the QB position, uh, oh. you know, because I, I, I just – I. One, it's super deep, so a lot of guys can fluctuate. But, like, we've just seen what's happened here. I will say, though, in those first years with Gruden, with Dalton, and with uh, Kirk Cousins, that it, it they weren't those top five, top 12 yeah. years right away. So, well, and, and uh, if you look at what Dwayne Haskins did last year, not a pretty sight. No, uh, in fact, he only had one, uh, sorry, two top five uh, performances under Jay Gruden. So that wasn't too exciting. But like you said, uh, if you give it time, Jay Gruden is a good offensive coordinator. You also have to look, Gardner Minshew, what, there were several times he finished, you know, hovering right around uh, quarterback 12, quarterback 13. If you wait on quarterback, Gardner Minshew is going to be a guy that you're going to be able to stream on certain weeks for sure. I don't know if he takes the major step and finishes as a QB eight this year. Uh, that's a an interesting take, but I definitely think, you know, I wouldn't be completely surprised if that happened. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not banking on Minshew finishing top eight. I, I'm saying he could. And the Dwayne Haskins point, I understand it, but you got to remember that Jay Gruden was fired after five weeks, so it's not like he yeah um, had a lot to do with Dwayne Haskins at all. All right, so moving on to another outlook this season, we're going to talk a little bit about Jarvis Landry today. We were cruising around on oh, Reddit. You're talking about you're talking about the one, the only. Bless him. Go ahead and bless him then. Go ahead and bless him. Bless him. Bless him then. Oh yeah. Bless him. I thought this. this uh, hey, I thought this drop died. Hey, bless him. That's all. That's we, it. That's I it. Thought we lost, bless him. I I thought we lost that drop. Oh no, dude. We, why would not. we lay? Why would we lose the greatest drop we have? I on tried. The show? I tried to hack into Johnny's computer. Unbelievable. That one. He, he tried uh, getting. Hold on, Whisper Nation. You notice how he tried to like quickly get out this segment? Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so Jarvis Landry, we were cruising around on Reddit. We see this uh, gentleman puts up a uh, deep dive on fantasyguru.com, puts up a deep dive on Jarvis Landry, read that in, and then you take a look, Johnny, 
Nick Chubb was quoted in the media saying that he would take Jarvis Landry over OBJ. Johnny, are you are you considering taking Jarvis? I know you love Jarvis Landry, but come on, man. Jarvis Landry over OBJ? Okay. Uh, first of all, first of all, I love you. Heard so, it here. Uh, hey, Jarvis I, Landry over OBJ. I, I love. I, I love Jarvis Landry. Love Jarvis Landry. I love OBJ. I love OBJ. But when when you're looking at this argument, it's strictly the answer. The answer is simple. The answer is clear. It all depends on which kind of league you're in, because. Jarvis Landry is going to be the look at this guy 138 targets last year with OBJ there he is going to be super consistent and and Nick Chubb or if, if you go and look at what Nick Chubb was talking about and why he said this he actually makes really good points and and I got to congratulate him because he must be listening to the fantasy whispers because man the, the <laughs> stuff and the logic that he yeah. is spewing makes a lot of sense and it, it Seems like it would only come from us, uh, it just naturally, you know. Like, um, but what he's talking about is Jarvis Landry is going to be the guy who is going to be consistent. He's going to get the consistent targets because that's the position he plays in their offense. Whereas OBJ is this amazing. Why he didn't say talent? Notice he didn't say I will take the talent of Jarvis over the talent of OBJ. He is thinking from a fantasy football mind, which is right because OBJ is going to get. These big monster games, we've seen it time and time again where he'll have, you know, 10 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. And Jarvis, I don't think, has that necessarily in his repertoire. He might be able to do it once or twice in his career, and he may have done that once or twice in his career, but he is he is not going to have more of those games. He is going to more so have the, you know, eight catches, 80 to 100 yards, and a touchdown or, you know, come close to a touchdown per game. That's why Jarvis Landry is the more the more consistent and and the more uh, likely player to be drafted on a fantasy yeah, team. For me, I think the argument between the two comes down to two factors, right, Johnny? One is Kevin Stefanski, who came over as head coach and has his career basically has been, you know, thumbprint of his career is in Minnesota. So if you look at the wide receivers uh, in Minnesota. Adam Thielen, honestly, was the one that was more dominant over the time there, and he's the guy they used more in the slot, right? And yeah. if you're looking at play styles, who lines up a little bit better here? Jarvis Landry lines up a little bit better to Adam Thielen and, and digs to OBJ. So there's kind of that situation. The second okay. piece here, Johnny, is the offensive line. If you believe that the Cleveland Browns offensive line is better, you should probably be looking at OBJ, right? Because, yeah. you know, like down the field are the are the routes that he needs to run. Now they'll probably work some screen passes in, of course, but like down the field routes, he needs time to get that thing going. Right. Um, whereas Landry was the safety net, the only safety net really that Baker Mayfield had last year. So, you know, you talk about Nick Chubb. He's got an inside view to what's going on, to the installments that Kevin Stefanski, you know, the virtual installments that he's put in already. But um, he may he may be on to a little bit something as, as far as fantasy football is concerned. Who knows? Maybe Nick Chubb actually knows fantasy football. I mean, this this could be a situation here. If you want the safer option, I understand it. But OBJ, I think, which we will talk about next week, you know, it's yeah. built into his ADP right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I absolutely have OBJ, no. Yeah, it's, it's not like it would be in years past where you would have to take OBJ ahead of Landry right now so much higher. Like you've got a real shot here to to get some value back on OBJ. 100%. All right. So this is my favorite question that we got from Reddit. Uh, this one was a lot of fun to talk about um, and just kind of rack my brain on, Johnny. So we're, we're sitting here. We're cruising around Reddit. Uh, Jack's Attacks 12, four days ago, said Jack's Attacks. I like that scream name. I like that scream name. Scream name. Yeah, scream name. That's right. Um, so it says, who is your this year will finally be their year player uh, for 2020? He said that his was Darius Geis. Um, he was burned by him a couple years now, and he's finally got the opportunity. And it seems like he does. Like Chris Thompson is gone now. Chris Thompson goes to Jacksonville. So now we're talking about a situation in Washington. So I really like that take. Johnny, who is your this is your this is finally their year player? Maybe your your breakout player under the radar this year because he's burned so many people. Um so Maybe not so much that he's burned so many people time and time again. I just think that his value is is tremendous at this point in time. And I think that he is someone that we were, we were thinking could possibly be a cut, right? And that is 
wide receiver Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. Now, I like this one. We will talk about his counterpart shortly uh, in this episode, but right now I want to talk about Anthony Miller and not only what he did last year, but you know his career has always been a little bit slower coming along at, than we'd hoped. He came in, we thought that he had some some immediately fantasy impact uh, potential, and he showed some signs of that. Um, but here's what I really do like, Travis, when you're when you're looking at uh, Anthony Miller. You look at uh, his rookie year, 67% of the time he ran in the slot. In his second year, he ran 58.8% in the slot. Now, his first year, he was injured. He had a shoulder injury. He came back last year, and near the end of the season, he really turned it on, uh, Travis. He, I mean, week 15 against Green Bay, 15 targets, 118 yeah, you yards. remind me of that? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you know, and then uh, week 13 against Detroit, 13 targets for 140 yards. Um, I mean, he really started to get these targets. Now, here's what I like. Um, if Mitch Trubisky stays, unfortunately, as the Chicago Bears head coach, um, we did see the chemistry starting to build a little bit more around Mitch Trubisky. That's why I do like Anthony Miller, even with Mitch Trubisky. But, oh, man. Oh, man. You're telling oh, man. me B BDN has the potential to be to step in there and what did we see with bdn last preseason that just made fantasy community just go absolutely nuts and go haywire we saw him consistently hooking up with dd westbrook who guess what played in the slot this is like yeah. this is like magic this is like when an, a great opportunity made meets this wonderful wonderful magic that we call uh, 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 fantasy football. And I don't even know where I'm going with this. And I don't even know what I'm doing with my hands. But it just seemed right. It just seemed right, just like Anthony Miller uh, seems right this year. Uh, you like you like what Johnny, he showed last year, Travis. Johnny, you're never you're never a, uh, a sor you're never not a source for unbridled passion here. And you have been on the Anthony Miller hype train. Uh, maybe since Anthony Miller was born. Yeah, like, yeah I, I watched I felt, him back when he was uh, peewee. playing Pop Warner. Yeah, Pop Warner yeah. days. Uh, look, I think you've got a point here. I think that, the, you know, if, if anybody fits more of the play style for Nick Foles, you know, it's Anthony Miller. I think, you know, had Trey Burton stayed, who's an established vet, I would have really liked Trey Burton too. But like them drafting Cole Komet doesn't scare me as far as Miller's targets are concerned because that guy will probably need time to develop into the NFL. And, and rookie tight ends statistically don't take a lot of volume. 85 so targets think, last year. 85 targets. I, yeah, I really think that Anthony Miller has a shot to be that guy. Like we're saying, it's finally their year. Now, this one's a little bit of a cheat for me because technically Evan Ingram has already been tight end number five. He was tight end number five uh, in 2017. But Evan Ingram has kind of let us down if we've drafted him the last couple of years. Yeah. Actually, definitely let or us down. Or traded for him over the last and couple of years. And definitely let us down last year. So maybe you're burned. Maybe you don't want to really take a stab at Evan Ingram, but I'd say go take another look because right now, Johnny, his ADP is in the sixth round, almost the end of the sixth round. He's being taken as the eighth tight end off the board, and I think he's going to be a really good value for people that take a, a shot at him because if we're looking at their wide receiving core in New York, Johnny, Sterling Shepard, obviously Golden Tate, and then you uh, you have um, Darius Slayton, who, who we'll get into in a couple of weeks. But I think if you're talking pure talent-wise, NFL player talent, Evan Ingram is the most talented pass catcher that they have. Just pure, pure prospect-wise, he's talented. Then you look at weeks one through five last year, he was dominating, was tight end number five over that spe spell, and that's with – uh, Daniel Jones in the lineup. So we know Daniel Jones is looking to him. If they want to take, you know, Joe Judge comes to town as the new head coach, and he's talked about fundamentals. He's talked about getting this team back to, you know, he comes from that Patriot tree. He's talked about, you know, getting discipline in. Well, the Patriots love discipline. They also love throwing to the tight end. He brought in Jason Garrett. We've seen what Jason Witten did with Jason Garrett in his prime right. uh, there. So I think that Evan Ingram's lined up for a really good shot to be the guy that kind Jar of. Uh, Dyer, uh, what's his name? Darwin. Blake Jarwin. I, Blake Jarwin. He yeah. he had a really good success uh, for the tight end position uh, under Jason Garrett. So yeah, so I just think that there's an opportunity here for Evan Ingram to actually be the focal point of the passing attack 
for the the Giants. I do love Darius Slayton. I've got him in in my dynasty league. I think he's got a shot here. But Evan Ingram, if you're going to bet on talent and opportunity, Evan Ingram's the bet here. Let me ask you this: Do you are you worried with Golden Tate uh, being there and possibly taking? Because we saw a lot of uh, Evan Ingram's you know workability was in that middle of the field. You know those short intermediate routes, and those seem to be taken by uh, Tate. So uh, do you think that with Tate being there and, and those two not really having uh, the ability to play with each other? I would say yes, if if Evan Ingram didn't project as such a versatile tight end. Evan Ingram is essentially a wide receiver at the tight end position. Yeah. Yeah. And so they'll find ways to use him. They will move him all over the place. I'm not worried about him only needing the you know middle of the field kind of routes. Because the other thing here is Saquon Barkley is there as far as right. middle of the field route. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to move him all over the place. Like they're going to put Ingram as the number one wide receiver on plays, as the slot guy, as you as know, the, the fullback two wide probably. Yeah, like they've got all sorts of ways that yeah. they can use him. And I'm really intrigued by him this year, especially at that ADP. I mean, we were talking how good Darren Waller's value was was at the beginning of this offseason, and now he's being taken ahead of Evan Ingram. So you're seeing a situation like if you want to wait and build out your skill positions first and then grab a tight end, and you know, look at Evan Ingram because I think he's got a good shot this year. All right, now to the meat and potatoes, Johnny. I hope you're hungry because we've got a big plate this week. We've got part one of our must-draft wide receiver values, um, and we're just going to start rolling down in order of ADP. That's how me and Johnny looked at this. We looked, you know, you go to fantasyfootballcalculator.com, guys, and that will give you your ADP across any kind of point scoring system. It's a really good platform. We use it all the time. So me and Johnny, at the beginning of this week, we looked down this list and we said, okay, let's start look, naming off guys and then say, ooh, we like that guy. Ooh, we like that guy. <laughs> And literally, it that was a got, problem. It was a yeah, problem. Like, we can only give you so many guys on here because we've only got so much time. We had Chelsea a list kinda, of like Chelsea 14 brings, guys. Brings out the hook yeah. And like, pull this off screen. So she's like, listen, you guys, we only have a certain amount of time to record. Let's not yeah. go overboard here. Well, and she's a busy, you know, busy woman. So we can't yeah. keep her all that. Anyways. Calvin Ridley is our first one here, Johnny. He's being drafted at 406. That's his ADP. The wide receiver 19. I think people are kind of forgetting because he did get injured at the end of last year. So people are kind of forgetting how good Calvin Ridley's been. So let's shake off the rust of your memory here, Johnny. Let's let's dive into Calvin Ridley and why he's so intriguing at that ADP. So you look at what he did last year. I understand that he got injured, but he was playing 80% of the snaps. Uh, 10% in the slot. It'll be interesting to see if that will go up a little bit now that, um, you know, we have a full season with without, uh, you know, we have Russell Ga uh, Gage is there as the tight or a, a slot wide receiver. They might move Calvin Ridley just because he's so effective. Uh, but he still had 93 targets last year. Here's what I like. 20 deep targets was his ring 28th. Calvin Ridley's not really the deep guy, or he's not known right. to be a deep guy. So the fact that he's getting 20 deep targets is very, very, uh, very good for your fantasy team. That's a low-key stat that you like to look at. Uh, still had 866 receiving yards. Um, look, the stats are all there. We know where he comes from. We know the pedigree. When you break down his week-to-week, -week, that's when I start to get worried. Um he doesn't necessarily, with Julio Jones there, it kind of caps his ceiling. But here's the main reason why we like his value so much, for, and we think he is a steal. Because right now, you're getting pretty much what he what he's going to do, right? You're, you're buying him pretty much at his value. So you're going to come at us, and you're going to say, well, why is he such a value if you're getting him at his value? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the major thing here that a lot of people aren't building in is – the fact that if Julio Jones were to go down, now I understand Julio Jones has not missed a game in a long time, so I'm not saying that, nor do I want him to. But you also you are now, not. yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but but you got to realize that now, if that does happen, 
Calvin Ridley has the he has the skill and the ability to step up and be that wide receiver one. That is the plan. After Julio Jones is gone, guess who will be the wide receiver one there? It's going to be Calvin Ridley. So you have this built this upside that a lot of players don't necessarily have when you're thinking about drafting route around that area. You're getting guys like Keenan Allen to T.Y. Hilton. Those guys are at their tip of their of, of where they're going to be going. Uh, that value is is pretty much capped for me, in my opinion. Whereas, you know, the the situation can only get better for Calvin. Yeah, Ridley. I mean, I think that's it. I think that you nail it right there when you talk about the situation getting better. Because look, he's really lived off touchdowns. Okay, in twenty eighteen, he's good he at ten. T- yeah, in twenty eighteen, he had ten total touchdowns. That was good for sixth in the NFL. Last year, he had seven total touchdowns. That was good for thirteenth in the NFL. Even with those injury, those three games missed. But Johnny, we always say touchdowns are volatile. We can't really project guys on touchdowns. Why would you want me to invest in a guy with touchdowns? Because we know he's a talent. We know he's going to be their plan for after Julio. And so, if he's just got to make up the gap in yardage and targets. That's a pretty good gap to make up because that's the things in this offense. I mean, they, Atlanta is consistently top five in passing with Matt Ryan. They they are always up there in passing uh, plays per game. Ridley is destined to be this guy in this offense. And if you grab him in the fourth round now and he finally puts up that. And what if Julio takes a little bit of a step back? I'm not yeah. saying he will, but if if he does. You, like Johnny said, or if he gets injured, you've got a guy in Ridley that really becomes a wide receiver one where you drafted him as a wide receiver two. Last four weeks before he got injured, week 11, 12, 13, 14, he was wide receiver three, wide receiver eight, wide receiver 17, and wide receiver 13. Those are the last four weeks before he got injured, and you're getting him right now. He's coming off the board as wide receiver 19, wide receiver 20. So come on. Yeah. Come on, Whisper Nation. <laughs> I mean, the disrespect is there. Um, hopefully, he doesn't rise too high. You definitely yeah. love right at that sweet spot at wide receiver 19 through 25. You'd be like, yes. But speaking of wide receiver 25 and ADP of the fifth round, 501, Johnny, we're going to talk about Robert Woods, who, you know, Troy Aikman spent a whole Thursday night gushing over Robert Woods about his route running, and he was the best wide receiver. Oh, you sound jealous. Seen. You sound jealous. No. <laughs> Listen, dude. I, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Robert Woods. <laughs> is playing on a team that just saw some vacated targets. Uh, Todd Gurley, um, you know, Brandon Cooks are leaving this offense, and you're talking about Robert Woods, who's been a consistent wide receiver. He is the guy. So before they traded for Brandon Cooks, back when they did, he was the guy they brought in and paid as a wide receiver one. Okay? Mm -hmm. And now who's still here? Not Brandon Cooks after they traded for him, but Robert Woods is still here, a guy that consistently puts up numbers for them and now is going to be a guy that you can draft in the fifth round as the wide receiver 25 who has ended up consistently with this McVay offense as a wide receiver 15 or better in PPR scoring. So Johnny, what are people not seeing here? Here's, here's what it is. Recency biased. And you'll, and you'll see this, uh, you know, be a theme across a lot of these guys, recency bias, please don't buy significant. Don't buy significantly into that. We will let you know if you need to buy into it or not. Uh, this is definitely not one. Robert Woods is a, is a player that a lot of people are sleeping on right now. Um, and, and honestly, he's really cheap to acquire in a lot of these leagues. I mean, you're talking about consistency, Travis. Key of consistency. Mm-hmm. Past two seasons, Robert Woods averaged. This is what he averaged. 8.8 targets per game. 5.7 receptions per game, 75.9 receiving yards per game, which equates to 16.1 fantasy points per game over the last two years. That's what he's averaged. You're telling me you don't want to grab that as a 25, 25th wide receiver off the board? Come on. You're going to definitely top 10, want Yeah, top 10 in targets, top and, 10 in receptions, top 15 in receiving yards, Johnny, last year. Like, he, this is a guy. He had all of that, Travis, but he only scored two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. So similar to Leonard Fournette and how people are are swinging way hard on the other way. This is what people are doing with Robert Woods. 139 targets. He only caught two touchdowns. People, that will go up. That is way too low. The average, on average, needs to go up. So uh, Robert Woods <laughs> is is someone that we I call think it is a positive an regression. Thank you. Uh, yes. That's... Yeah, we think positive regression is due for those touchdowns for sure when you're looking at uh, Robert Woods. I will say, though, in his career, 
hasn't been a huge touchdown guy. So he doesn't live with a lot of touchdowns, but he yeah. has averaged more around five than two. Right. So you're talking about a little bit more for a guy who was top 15, push him into that top 10, top yeah. 12 range yep. because of the touchdowns. And once again, you're getting him at wide receiver 25. So, I mean, I just think. I mean, once they once they moved over to um, 11 personnel, uh, or or sorry, from 11 personnel to 12 personnel, and he saw the majority of the snaps, and it wasn't Cooper Cup. So from weeks nine to 17, he was a wide receiver 12, without getting very many touchdowns. So you yeah. add in and sprinkle in those, uh, you know, I think five, like you said, five to six is is right around that sweet spot. Yeah, and I think you know he he's just being slept on like all these guys kind of are if you look at their ADP. So moving on to you know your breakout guy's teammate, yeah, Allen Robinson for the Chicago Bears plays alongside Anthony Miller, who who Johnny really likes. But Allen Robinson getting slept on here a little bit too. Johnny five oh eight wide receiver twenty seven, I believe. Um, and so we're talking about Allen Robinson, who is also maybe going to be a you know, profitable from the addition of BDN out of yes. the University of Arizona. Shout out to the Wildcats there. Uh, so Nick Foles, what does he do for Allen Robinson here, Johnny? Oh my goodness! If I was excited <laughs> for uh, Anthony Miller, boy, I am I excited for for <laughs> Allen Robinson? Okay, this guy. Okay, people. People still feel this way with Allen Robinson because he he bursts out year two, you know, as a monster wide receiver breakout. Everyone, hurrah! Get out the get out the uh, you know the parade. Let's let's get out the streamers. Let's throw a party, and everyone bought in. And then what happened? He he was not anywhere close. So since then, he has had a hard climb back up. People aren't sure if they can trust him, but. He's, well, you're, last you're, year with, yeah, you look at what he did last year. Last year, what he did with Mitch Trubisky, he was 27 in deep targets. That was good for wide receiver eight at that position. Uh, he had he got 27 percent of that Bears uh, market share there. Uh, 98 receptions, which a little bit low. I do think that he'll get the receptions up again. That has to do with accuracy issues. Seven touchdowns, you like that? That could even potentially go uh, up a little bit more considering the fact that he got 29.9% of the red zone yeah. targets, Travis. Uh, but listen, you are going to get a lot of people who are sleeping on, and it sounds like you know a lot of people are going to say, Johnny, why are you so high on the Bears offense? Are you, <laughs> are you listening to Adam Rank too much? Um, maybe the answer is maybe. But no, I, I just think that there is a lot of potential here, and I just think it takes the right quarterback in order to unlock that. And we've seen that with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. We've seen this happen time and time again where you, you have these. Yeah, and we've seen it with flashes of Nick Foles. It's not like we have to reach to other players to figure out if Nick Foles could be successful in the right offense with the right scheme. And don't forget that Matt Nagy is familiar with Nick Foles. Like this is an yeah. old coach of his. He understands. That's right. Who in Kansas Foles City, is. you're right. That's right. So like there is, there's a reason why they would be going after a guy like Nick Foles and not worrying about trying to do it in the draft and, you know, be ready to move on from Mitch Trubisky. And I think, you know, Allen Robinson, look, he was a wide receiver 12 last year. He was wide receiver 12 last year. That's a top, Num that's a number one wide receiver. Okay. So even, and right now he's being drafted as a number 27 wide receiver. If he falls somewhere in the middle of that, Johnny, with a better quarterback in, in my mind, then you're getting a value. So don't be afraid of Allen Robinson at his current fifth round ADP. It's a steal. It's a nice pick. And you'll be happy uh, going home with that because you'll be you'll get that consistent wide receiver play that you need in a very, you know, sometimes inconsistent position in consistent position. All right, so moving on to Marquise Brown, one of my favorite young players in the NFL right now, well, on my, one of my favorite young offenses in the NFL right now, being thrown to by one of my favorite quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL right now. Marquise Hollywood Brown is, first of all, I follow him on Instagram. He is working. Yeah, yeah they got that guy working at night. He's yeah. got his helmet on and suspension bands working Here's at night thing. right now. He's doing it with no shoes on. So I'm like, how much traction? You're not going to get that dude. much traction, dude. Hey, he understands what to do. He, he doesn't want. Well, maybe he burnt his feet like his cousin in oh, the maybe. cryogenic chain. Hey, maybe. 
So we won't get too much into why he we he scares us because he's related to Antonio Brown, but <laughs> we will get into the fact that Marquise Brown did some pretty fun things last year on the on the Ravens, especially down the stretch when he finally got his legs on under him. He had the Liz Frank injury last year, Johnny, that kind of kept him out of training camp, and he was not even practicing or getting ready to go until week one against the Dolphins last year. So Johnny. Talk to me a little bit about Marquise Brown. Do you expect big things? He's being drafted, Johnny, right now at the sixth round as wide receiver 35. In my mind, as the number one guy getting a target share with the the way that he gets down the field, he's got to finish better than that. Yeah. Marquise Brown is – there's going to be a lot of hype around Marquise Brown. I, I can guarantee that. Uh, he is one of those types of players that is very, very exciting to watch. Like you said, he is going to give you these monster, monster weeks. But I do think that there are going to be, you know, with those kind of players comes the heavy, heavy down weeks. Now, you'll take the good with the bad, I, I believe, with Marquise Brown. I, I think that his his downside is well worth it. And, and the price that you're going to pay for that, you know, the, the ability to get in that upside, to tap that upside is definitely worth it. Why? I'll tell you why. Because this guy is so fast and you pair it with the fact that, you know, with the offensive scheme that he is in, it is going to be difficult to cover everything. And yeah, is Lamar super accurate um, you know, down the field or or deep down the field? No, he's not, but he doesn't necessarily have to be uh all the time in order to provide a lot of fantasy value to marquise brown this guy they'll get the ball in his hands um you know the targets aren't necessarily the the highest if you look from a game to game perspective uh they aren't super super high like you like to see but guess what on some of these weeks they were extremely high weeks one he had eight tar uh eight receptions on weeks um uh week well Week four, four receptions. Week five, three receptions. There weren't a ton of receptions on some of these, but you have to remember that he was injured, you know, like Travis said. Well, and I think when you talk about the targets, Johnny, like you make a great point, right? He was 102 in the league in snap share, so he wasn't he wasn't on the field a lot, right? right? So no wonder he wasn't getting a lot of snaps. So you say, well, maybe that's the way Baltimore wants to run their offense. They want to run first. Lamar Jackson, going back to Louisville and all his years there, has improved as a passer every single year as a athlete passing the football. And he did so last year and won the MVP, not just on his ability to run the football, but they are going to pass more with him. You look at how they shipped uh, Hayden Hurst out of there, and they want to get down to Mark Andrews. They don't want to just do all the tight end play. They're going to work in some wide receivers here. And Marquise Brown is a big focal point for what they want to do here. Yes, the target and snap share was down, but the red zone receptions, Johnny, nine yeah. red zone receptions last year. That was 13th, seven total touchdowns. Once again, 13th in the NFL. So we know that there's trust there. We yeah. know Lamar Jackson, who has also been working out, breaking social distancing to work out with uh, with Marquise Brown this offseason. So you don't like to see him breaking social distancing, but you <laughs> like to see that Marquise Brown is getting work in with his quarterback. Um And I think that bodes well for his prospects. And once again, I'll I'll repeat here, wide receiver 35, I think he's going to finish better than that. Yeah, he definitely has the ability to be a top 15 wide receiver. So, and, And you're getting him so late in drafts, he's definitely a guy that you should be looking at. You want those high he, upside guys. You're drafting him there as a flex who could end up being just a dominant flex for you mm-hmm. because he ends up being, you know, a, a week to week wide receiver two or better. All right. Speaking of another exciting guy, Johnny, this list just keeps getting better and better. This is and one of my favorites on this yeah, list. Yeah, honestly, I honestly, this is probably a guy I could have chose for who is it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Finally I thought there you were. I honestly, did. I, I shy away one because well, we we're going to talk about him in the show, and two, I thought yeah. you were going to talk about him. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't rob Whisper <laughs> Nation and 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 talk about him twice uh, and make him listen to me twice about him. But Will Fuller is the guy we're talking about. Will Fuller is being drafted in the sixth round behind Marquise Brown as wide receiver 32 and has watched the maybe the best wide receiver in the league as far as catch radius, route running, and and just ability to tie it all together in DeAndre Hopkins, walk out the door here or actually get forced out the door by his head coach, Bill O'Brien. But anyways, Will Fuller is poised here, Johnny, for... We digress. Probably, yeah. 
we we've said it for a few years now and yeah. and and injury is the biggest thing with Will Fuller. It is it is every year something new pops up. And it's unfortunate because the fantasy football community is being robbed by the concept of never seeing Will Fuller and uh you know Deshaun Watson fully healthy for a season together because when they are on the field together Johnny Literal fantasy football magic happens here. It's, it's, Touchdowns, deep balls. Like Will Fuller is a just an extreme burner. I um, okay. No, yeah, go for it. Sorry, I I am just chomping at the bit to get uh to talk about Will Fuller because Will Fuller to me could potentially be my favorite player to possibly draft in the entire draft, and I'll oh. tell you why because. Every year, he continues to go around the same spot, seventh, eighth round, right? And every year, we have the same argument. We're like, if Will Fuller pops off this year, if he, you know? And so every single year, he stayed around because everyone knows that there's that true value. To me, he is a true lotto ticket that I am willing to to grab as nine, 10 out of 10 times. Why? Because you look at his game-to-game production and it shows you right there. Last year, we in in 2018, he only played seven games, but he's he had a number six finish, a number ten finish, uh, and a, another ten finish. So three top ten finishes in in eight weeks of action, right? Um, and then you look at 2019, he had several, you know. Week five, number one overall finish at the wide receiver position. Week 12, number 10 finish at the wide receiver position. And all of those things happen with DeAndre Hopkins. And we've talked about it before, how DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, they have coexisted both as wide receiver ones. And and yeah. and and what uh, there were six times when, when that has happened over the course of their career. And... Three, uh, two out of those six times, Will Fuller actually finished higher than DeAndre Hopkins in that certain week. So, Will Fuller has the potential. He has the talent. It just takes him staying healthy, and we don't ever like to bank on a player getting injured. And so, if I have the upside of, like, I know if this guy stays healthy. It's not a question of, like, oh, does this guy have the talent to be a top 10 wide receiver? I don't know. Is he in a an offense that can sustain a top 10 wide receiver? All those boxes are checked. They're all Yeah, checked. dude, like it's like this. Like if you if Will Fuller stays healthy for 13, 14 games of this season, you're going to be sitting here going when they do those counts of how, you know, what different players are on championship rosters, I can almost guarantee you that Will Fuller will be on a good amount of champion like a, a 60, 70% of championship rosters if he stays healthy the full year because all of the stars are aligning there. I understand they brought in Brandon Cooks, but we know what Brandon Cooks is. Like Brandon Cooks is a complimentary speedster wide receiver. He is not the number one guy here. Will Fuller is ready and I think Bill O'Brien knows that and yes. if, if Bill O'Brien wants think he, yeah. you don't think Bill O'Brien wants to prove the media wrong and say I was okay getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins no you weren't <laughs> I was okay to trade DeAndre Hopkins no you weren't yeah. but but in Will his Fuller, mind but in his but mind Will Fuller will is. but Will Fuller will get used like so and oh, and yeah. I think that's a situation where Will Fuller can easily end up a top 12 wide receiver at the price of a wide of nearly a wide receiver three last thing I want to bring up because I know we keep rambling about Will Fuller but this is very important <laughs> think about this uh just a few years ago who was along the same thing where it was injury 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 uh, he was good wide receiver but always injury came associated with his name who was it Keenan no. Allen Keenan oh, Allen, yeah, same yeah. thing. And guess what? The people who two years ago bought in because everyone else was saying, oh, injury, injury, injury. And two years ago, you got him in the seventh round. Three years ago. Three years ago. Three years got him ago. In the Johnny, because now I was just writing uh, I was just writing Keenan Allen's profile the other day for our fantasy football draft kit, which you guys will be able to pre-order uh, on the fantasywhispers.com. But anyways, uh, shameless plug. Uh, Keenan Allen is now has three straight years of, of full full seasons. So yeah. – we're talking about a situation, yeah, very similar. Now, Keenan Allen's injuries were a little more freak than yeah, Will Fuller's have I, been. I, I, Will yeah. Fuller's have been definitely that style of play. But listen, man, I, I trust medical technology. I trust the fact that Will Fuller could have been put back together like Humpty Dumpty <laughs> and ready to just take he's over. He's just a robot now. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's like Adrian Peterson a couple years ago. A couple of knee surgeries later, and he wins MVP. Like, hey. what the heck? 
So I think it can be done on both ways, and I, I'm just very excited about Will Fuller, especially at that price. Yes. Now, saving the last, but definitely not least in Johnny's mind, at the very least, is Terry, scary Terry McLaurin being drafted at the My 605 man. spot. Um, Terry McLaurin, Johnny, uh, listen. Speak to speak to Whisper Nation about your boy. If if someone. If it was like I don't I don't know if there's some grade like scale uh, of how much you could love a uh, a player and fantasy, um, but for for this year, Scary Terry is is that player for me. Like it's it's getting up there with the you Dante. You just said hey. it was Will Fuller. Well, hey, I mean, <laughs> we moved on. That was five minutes ago. Oh, okay, uh, you no, are no, like <laughs> I forgot about Scary Terry for a second. All right, no, no, no. Will Fuller is great, but Scary Terry, okay. I I get all the hype. I get or I get all the hate on him because of Dwayne Haskins. You know, new offensive scheme. People are concerned. They're they're saying, do we even buy into Scary Terry and what he did? Similar to DJ Chark, and this is why we had a whole episode on second year wide receivers because a lot of people are writing off these first year wide receivers, saying it was kind of fluky, blah blah. blah. But let's let's dive in a little bit, shall we? You look at uh, we know that Dwayne Haskins. Played with Terry McLaurin in college. So we really did start to see that hookup. We saw that connection happen. And weeks, you look from from week um, 12 to 16. Five targets, two targets in week 13, which wasn't the best. That was the lowest point. But week 14, four targets and a touchdown. Week 15, five targets and a touchdown. And week 16, uh, 16, seven targets, or sorry, uh, nine targets, seven receptions. All those were, were receptions, not targets. I apologize. Uh, targets are much significant. Four, 12, four, seven, five, nine. So there is definitely the chemistry there between Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin. They didn't bring in anyone that's going to really push Terry McLaurin's spot. I mean, they brought in uh, uh, Candy, uh, Candy Golden. And and or Gandy 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 Golden, thank you. Uh, but he'll he'll play the opposite side of McLaurin if he sees the field. McLaurin is the wide receiver one there. You are going to want him on your fantasy team. It is a shame as to where he is going. He had 93 targets last year, and he still was able to be a you know top 24 wide receiver, Travis. And he is being drafted way outside of that. It's absurd. It's absurd. You need to believe in Scary Terry. You will want him on your on your roster. 24% red zone target share, Travis. 24%. Yeah, I think the the thing to remember here is that Ron Rivera has come in here uh as the head coach. He hired um, you know, he he hired his offensive coordinator from or a former guy that used to work with him in Carolina. So you look at what Carolina used to do with a sim well, maybe not exactly similar, but a big bodied quarterback that can throw down the field. And, you know, I think that there's there's space for Scary Terry here to really look, I think the best argument for Scary Terry has and always will be that he played with Dwayne Haskins in college. And I think we cannot understate the relationship that a QB and a wide receiver build over time. And if you have years on two second year guys, but they still have years worth of chemistry together, that bodes well. If you're trying to bet on a young wide receiver, if you're trying to sit here and say, I think he can continue to do this. Well, where's the continuity? The continuity is in that chemistry. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yes. I agree that scary Terry is getting quit, uh, slept on. And, and I agree that the guys we talked about ahead of him today are the guys you want to take ahead of him. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair. Well, but maybe, there's maybe. other guys. I, I wouldn't. I uh, yeah. I don't. It would it would be situational. I love Scary Terry, but I also want to point out that Ron Rivera. You made a great point, and Ron Rivera coming over from Carolina and and similar situations. Ron Rivera has already come out and said that he's very impressed with Terry McLaurin, and he reminds him a lot of another monster friend of of the show uh or monster friend of me my boy <laughs> dj Moore. yeah dude so he's already come oh, out man. and said the, the drops are back hey, hey he's already come out and said that uh he reminds him a lot of dj Moore. and you already know our our position on dj Moore. at least my position on dj Moore. so give me some scary terry Johnny Game Times Hicks uh, takes do not speak for the entire Fantasy Whispers team. Just just 
throwing that yeah. out there. Well, we'll no, do. but I, I like I like Terry McLaurin. I think the comp to DJ Moore and and the at least the production is 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 there, and I think Terry McLaurin is is getting slept on. Well, that's it for part one, Johnny. That is it for part one of our must draft value wide receivers. Um, we're very excited to bring you this episode, but we want to know whisper nation, what you're thinking. If you are listening to the show on audio, go ahead and hit us up on social media. You can find all of our platforms by searching the fantasy whispers or going to the fantasy whispers.com. You can comment there. If you're watching the video comment below, let us know who your favorite value wide receivers are. Um, and, and we'd love to have that, uh, go down for you. All right, so for Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi, and Chelsea Lee Byers is the woman behind the glass. We are out. We're the Fantasy Whispers. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.